Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Monday, February 26th. Happy Levi Strauss Day, which if you don't know, he's the original blue jeans guy. My high school history teacher told us the legend of Levi Strauss, who got it in his head that, for some reason, there were no tents west of the Mississippi, and all them 49ers in the gold rush were stuck sleeping outside. So he bought himself a sewing kit and a bunch of heavy denim fabric and headed out west to fill that void. He sets up shop in San Francisco and can't find nary a customer. Turns out most of them prospectors either built shelters or slept in the wagons or whatever, and wasn't a big demand for tents. What they did need, however, was durable work pants. So Levi cut his tents up to make blue pants, and the rest is history. Except it ain't. That was all a big old fairy tale, and my history teacher didn't know what she was talking about any more than any of my other high school teachers did. So I guess that's why today is also Tell a Fairy Tale Day, which can be celebrated by repeating that load of hogwash, or watching the news, or Congress, or teachers, apparently. Scoffers like to say that the Bible is a fairy tale, but I'm pretty sure fairies ain't even mentioned in the Bible. Actually, Levi Strauss ran a dry goods store, and blue jeans were invented in 1870 by a tailor named Jacob W. Davis, who shopped there and had a client who asked him for a solid pair of work pants for her lumberjack husband. Turns out them pants he invented were so good, he couldn't keep up with demand, nor could he afford to patent them. Enter Levi the shopkeep, who put up the money, and here we are. Darn, y'all reckon there's anything else in them textbooks wasn't true? Nah, that's crazy talk. Our reading for today is Leviticus 19.1 through 20.21, Mark 8.11 through 38, Psalm 42, 1-11, and Proverbs 10, 17. So if y'all are ready, after reading Hop Frog by Edgar Allan Poe, my English teacher insisted, insisted, we pronounce it Oorang Outang, instead of Orangutan, like he's supposed to. And this was supposed to be one of the better public schools in the country. So, God help us, I guess. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on the 25th, in the Old Testament, we read Leviticus 16.29 through 18.30. And the end of chapter 16 is instructions for the Day of Atonement. Verse 29 says, And this shall be a statute forever unto you, that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, ye shall afflict your souls, and do no work at all. And the seventh month, which was the month of Tisri, would be a Sabbath month in a week of months. Just saying. And the first day of Tisri was the Feast of Trumpets. The tenth was the Day of Atonement, and the fourteenth was the Feast of Tabernacles. So it was a big month. A lot going on in Tisri. And the phrase, afflict your souls, that's a ye olde English term for fasting. But in the Hebrew, it doesn't say fasting. It just says, humble your souls. So, how weird it is that those two translational issues just canceled each other out. <laughs> anyway, in chapter 17... Verse 3 says, What man soever there be of the house of Israel that killeth an ox or lamb or goat in the camp, or that killeth it out of the camp, and bringeth it not unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation to offer an offering unto the Lord before the tabernacle of the Lord, blood shall be imputed unto that man. He hath shed blood, and that man shall be cut off from among his people. And he's talking about food. Any animal they kill to eat, they're supposed to bring it to the tabernacle, and verse 6 says, The priest shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar and burn the fat for a sweet savor unto the Lord. 
And the first thing to notice here is this only applies to the camp. Once they're in the promised land, it's no longer a rule. But the larger point is, every animal they kill is supposed to be an offering to the Lord. And if they don't acknowledge God in their receiving of food, then the blood they shed will be on them. Kind of raises the stakes of saying grace before dinner, don't it? Yeah. I mean, how many McDonald burgers have you eaten and not given thanks for? And now all them cows' blood is on you. Or horse or rat or whatever Chinese GMO meat they put in quarter pounders nowadays. Thanks, honey. (laughs) But what's going on here is God loves those animals. Maybe not as much as humans, but they're living things and he loves them too. And just because he's allowing them to be used for food and to atone for sin doesn't mean he's necessarily happy about the way things have worked out. And he's even less happy with folks that go around indiscriminately killing stuff. Which is part of the reason that I think everybody should, at least once, kill what they eat, either hunting or slaughter. And I'm not saying you have to if you don't want to, but there is a very high cost to keeping you alive. And God is going out of his way right here to impress upon the Jews the importance of earning the right to eat what they eat. And that's a concept our culture has lost, and which we really need to get back. I mean, every one of us has a trail of dead bodies behind us, whether we really like it or not. And it's important to fully understand what it is we're given thanks for. Because in verse 11 it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. And it requires a tremendous amount of killing for us to survive, and for our sins to be forgiven. And the life and the blood and those animals God loves should all be treated with respect. Now, I mean, Jesus put an end to the need for animal sacrifice for atonement, but look what it took to accomplish that. Deicide. Literally killing God. And even with that, we still got to kill to eat. So show a little respect. Anyway, verse 18, God switches gears and reiterates that he is their God, not the Egyptians. So don't do like them anymore. You shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances to walk therein, because I am the Lord your God. Verse 6 says, None of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him to uncover their nakedness, which means having sex. He's talking about incest. And I'm not sure if this is paired with the section on Egypt because that's what they did, but it wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, God gives a list of which relatives you are not supposed to fool around with, up to and including a mother and daughter and two sisters. But Baba Yah Paul, what about Jacob marrying Leah and Rachel? They were sisters. Yeah, and look how that worked out. That's exactly the kind of thing that we're trying to prevent right here. And as long as God's on the subject, he throws in stay away from your neighbor's wife, as well as stay away from the animals. That's an abomination. And like we said about eating animals a minute ago, just because God allows polygamy doesn't mean he approves of it. Paul said as much, and Jesus said as much about divorce. Slavery, same thing. That's why we have all the rules about that. But this fallen world being what it is, Some things are necessary evils if we're going to survive. I'm going back to chapter 16, verse 29. The KJV says, Ye shall afflict your souls and do no work at all. And the Young's literal translation, Ye humble yourselves and do no work. And the complete Jewish Bible, Shabbat of complete rest for you and you are to deny yourselves. So it's interesting It looks like grace is humbling. And then in the New Testament, we read Mark 7, 24 through 8, 10. And Jesus had just put it to the Pharisees about their ritualistic hand washing. And then he got up and headed to Tyre and Sidon and entered into an house and would have no man know it, trying to get some peace and quiet. 
but it was no use, he could not be hid. For a certain Greek woman, whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. Not actually a Greek woman, a Syrophoenician by nation, but the Jews called anybody who ain't a Jew a Greek back then. That was just how they did. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. So Jesus shines her on a little bit, probably to create another teachable moment. He says, let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs, meaning I'm here for the Jews, not you. And she answered and said unto him, yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And I'm sure what Jesus was after was for her to demonstrate her faith in him so he could illustrate that in him there is no Jew nor Greek. And she did it. So he cast the devil out. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone. So Jesus wanders around some more and comes back to Decapolis on the Sea of Galilee. And he heals a deaf man and charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more the great deal they published it, which is typical. <laughs> so in chapter 8, about that time, while he's out there with that crowd of thousands tailing him every last where he goes, he decides, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. So they take an inventory and they come up with seven loaves of bread and a few small fishes among the disciples. And y'all know what's coming. He gave thanks, fed 4,000 people with that little handful of food, and took up seven full baskets of leftovers. And we discussed this once before, that the last time it was 12 baskets and that this time it's seven. And seven and 12 are both numbers of completion. But 12 apparently has more to do with God's authority and seven is more about a completed work according to the internet. So the two incidents with the feeding of the multitude would be illustrating two different characteristics of the Son of God, his authority and his completed work. Anyway, after that, straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the parts of Dalmanutha. And in Matthew 15:39 it says he came unto the coast of Magdala. And apparently they don't actually know where Dalmanutha is other than it was somewhere close by Magdala or even within the borders of it, maybe. It's not a contradiction. It might be the same place, or maybe he went to both places that day. But that's where we stopped reading. And I will say this every time the Syrophoenician woman comes up. She is one of my faith heroes and testifies to the fact that anyone, anytime, can believe on Jesus. She wasn't a Jew, and it wasn't the time for the Gentiles, but she came for her daughter's healing and was convinced Jesus could and would do it. She was convinced that God didn't need to take from anyone to give something. She really believed Jesus to be God because she wanted to, and because of that confidence, she actually reasoned with God that day. This woman challenges me every time I cross her path. What confidence in a God she didn't really know, but knew him better than the Jews, and maybe even some of us Christians today. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 41, 1-13. And that's a Psalm of David. He says, Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. So if you want to be blessed, be a blessing, is his point. And David lists a couple blessings you might get if you do that, which apparently he did not do, because the next thing he says is, Lord, be merciful unto me, for I have sinned against thee. And now his enemies are harassing him, and even his friend hath lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me, and raise me up. By this I know that thou favorest me, 
because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity. In other words, God helps us to be better people. Anyway, bottom line, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting and to everlasting. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. With David, it is all about integrity. So if you want to be blessed, be a blessing. And this is simply another way of saying we reap what we sow. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 10, 15, and 16. And these both say kind of the same thing. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. The labor of the righteous tendeth to life. The fruit of the wicked to sin. And I like how he seems to equate wealth with righteous labor and poverty with wickedness, as in wickedness leads to poverty. So, looks like we have sowing and reaping again. Through Abraham first, God was able to restore the original blessing in the earth, the one that Adam and Eve lost, the be fruitful, multiply that one. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 26 is Leviticus 19.1 through 20.21. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I the Lord your God am holy. Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. And if ye offer a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord, ye shall offer it at your own will. It shall be eaten the same day ye offer it, and on the morrow. And if aught remain until the third day, it shall be burnt in the fire. And if it be eaten at all on the third day, it is abominable. It shall not be accepted. Therefore every one that eateth it shall bear his iniquity, because he hath profaned the hallowed thing of the Lord. And that soul shall be cut off from among his people. And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest. And thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. And ye shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him. The wages of him that is hired shall not abide with thee all night until the morning. Thou shalt not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shalt fear thy God. I am the Lord. Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor, and not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Ye shall keep my statutes. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed. Neither shall a garment mingled of linen and woolen come upon thee. And whosoever lieth carnally with a woman that is a bondmaid, betrothed to an husband, and not at all redeemed, nor freedom given her, she shall be scourged. They shall not be put to death, because she was not free. And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, even a ram for a trespass offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering before the Lord for his sin which he hath done. And the sin which he hath done shall be forgiven him. 
And when ye shall come into the land, and shall have planted all manner of trees for food, then ye shall count the fruit thereof as uncircumcised. Three years shall it be as uncircumcised unto you, it shall not be eaten of. But in the fourth year all the fruit thereof shall be holy to praise the Lord withal. And in the fifth year shall ye eat of the fruit thereof, that it may yield unto you the increase thereof. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall not eat anything with the blood, neither shall ye use enchantment nor observe times. Ye shall not round the corners of your heads, neither shalt thou mar the corners of thy beard. Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom, and the land become full of wickedness. Ye shall keep my Sabbaths, and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head, and honor the face of the old man, and fear thy God. I am the Lord. And if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, ye shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. For ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, in meteard, in weight, or in measure. Just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just hen shall ye have. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall ye observe all my statutes and all my judgments, and do them. I am the Lord. Chapter 20 And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Again thou shalt say to the children of Israel, Whosoever he be of the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn in Israel, that giveth any of his seed unto Molech, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. And I will set my face against that man, and will cut him off from among his people, because he hath given of his seed unto Molech, to defile my sanctuary, and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do anyways hide their eyes from the man when he giveth of his seed unto Molech, and kill him not, then I will set my face against that man, and against his family, and will cut him off, and all that go a-whoring after him, to commit whoredom with Molech from among their people. And the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits, and after wizards, to go a-whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul, and will cut him off from among his people. Sanctify yourselves therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. And ye shall keep my statutes, and do them. I am the Lord which sanctify you. For every one that curseth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother, his blood shall be upon him. And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. And the man that lieth with his father's wife hath uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And if a man lie with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have wrought confusion. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And if a man take a wife and her mother, it is wickedness. They shall be burnt with fire, both he and they, that there be no wickedness among you. And if a man lie with a beast, he shall surely be put to death, and ye shall slay the beast. And if a woman approach unto any beast, and lie down thereto, thou shalt kill the woman and the beast. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And if a man shall take his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and see her nakedness, and she see his nakedness, it is a wicked thing, and they shall be cut off in the sight of their people. 
He hath uncovered his sister's nakedness, he shall bear his iniquity. And if a man shall lie with a woman having her sickness, and shall uncover her nakedness, he hath discovered her fountain, and she hath uncovered the fountain of her blood, and both of them shall be cut off from among their people. And thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy mother's sister, nor of thy father's sister, for he uncovereth his near kin, they shall bear their iniquity. And if a man shall lie with his uncle's wife, he hath uncovered his uncle's nakedness, they shall bear their sin, they shall die childless. And if a man shall take his brother's wife, it is an unclean thing, he hath uncovered his brother's nakedness, they shall be childless. Our reading in the New Testament for February 26 is Mark 8:11 through 38 And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit, and saith, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, There shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them, and entering into the ship again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye, because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand? Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not? And having ears, hear ye not? And do ye not remember? When I break the five loaves among the five thousands, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? They say unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among the four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it that ye do not understand? And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that he put his hands again upon his eyes, and made him look up, and he was restored, and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to any in the town. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But some say Elias, and others one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders, and of the chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation... Of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Our reading in Psalms for February 26 is Psalm 42, 1-11. To the chief musician, Maskeel, for the sons of Korah. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. 
When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God, with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill Mazar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy waterspouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, My rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones mine enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in thou God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Our reading in Proverbs for February 26 is Proverbs 10:17. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof erreth. And that'll do it for February 26. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. I have this feeling that in the near future, righteousness is going to become of paramount importance. So I thought we'd pray on that this week. So today's prayer is on Mark 10:18, which says, And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on whose righteousness it is we really have, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, your word says there are none good but God, and that with men it's impossible to be saved. Thankfully, Father, with you we can be saved, not by our own righteousness, but by the righteousness of Jesus imparted to his church are we made whole in your sight. Lord, if we have gloried in our own righteousness, If we have boasted or thought we didn't need you, we hereby repent of such thoughts and thank you for making a way for us to be with you for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawning I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody that's listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google Castbox and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, what I need y'all to do the most is pray for me and Bible Y'all Squaw and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to bibleyallpodcast@gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. But if you can't make things any better, at least try not to make them worse. Thanks everybody and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible y'all. Hey. Now you did that and I got to read it again. What? Went. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.